welcome everyone to We Have Issues, our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault, feels the boom, weathers the aftershock, and marvels at every issue released this week. I'm your host, Keith, and I'm here to talk to you about all your favorite issues and publishers. Thank you so much for joining us in the year of 2023. I'm so excited to get this very last episode of the year out. This will be covering two weeks of comics because of the holiday. Uh, I took a week off, but I still want to review the comics from that week. So, we're not going to talk about news. We're not going to waste any time today. We're going to go straight into the comic book reviews because we have a total of 63 issues to review. <laughs> so we're going to get through this together, I promise. But I'm very excited to get into it. Um, real quick, before we do get started, I will let you know that the um, that the Remy Awards are end of the year awards. You can still vote on them through the end of today. Make sure to do so. Um, the link is on our Twitter and you can go ahead and go on there and vote for your favorite comics of the year. And like I said, it's open through the end of the day, but then at the stroke of midnight, as the year flips over, I will shut the poll off and the next episode you see will be the results. So definitely want to go ahead and point you that direction. Hopefully I'll have a special guest on that episode when we announce the winners. So, uh, with that said, as always, we're going to start talking about some comic books. No news. No wasting any more time. And you guys know the rules. This episode, just like every episode this year, when it's time to talk about, talk about comics being reviewed, we don't start with a bang. We start with a boom. And Boom Studios is our first publisher. And i uh, got a couple books. Now, I'm not going to be able to keep track of which books came out this week and which ones came out last week for the most part. But these were both this week, I know that much. So, The Expanse Dragon Tooth, number eight, written by Andy Diggle, illustrated by Francisco Pisa, colored by Raul Angulo, and lettered by Pat Brousseau. Uh, so, we are digging more into this uh, this really, really great story, by the way. And I again, I, I say it every few episodes when I review this book, but if you haven't checked out The Expanse, the show, the book, everything, do so. Do yourself a favor. It's one of my favorite book series. It's one of my favorite television series. It's just absolutely perfect. Um, but this is, uh, you know, eight issues into this uh, new story in the Expanse universe. Following the crew of the Rocinante and this, this uh, you know, conspiracy that's going on and finding this traitor. And this, in this episode, they do, or in this issue, I should say, they do find out who the traitor is. And there's this uh, attempt to get them back and to find them. And it's... It's very typical expanse and that it has really great layers. Uh, there's a lot of layers to what's happening. There's, you know, there's reasons for everything to happen. And there's plans on top of plans on top of plans. Really, really great. And also, uh, the art is just so good. Uh, the fact that all these characters are readily identifiable. If you've watched the show, you can tell who it is. So really, really great art. I love this book. And I cannot wait for my Kickstarter trade or hard pay, hardback that we backed. I cannot wait for that to come out. My other boom book of the week is The Book of Butcher. <laughs> okay. So everybody knows I'm a big fan of uh, House of Slaughter. Something's killing the children, the whole thing, this whole universe. And this was a surprise. I didn't know it was coming out until I saw it on the list. <laughs> Written by James Tynan IV, illustrated by Werther de la Dera, Caleb and Mikhail Muerto, letter by Anne World Design, with special guest Tate Bromble, Antonio Fuso, Letizia Coronici, and letter by, or and also Chris Sheehan. Um, I used to say letter last. So um, this is really cool because it is exploring this world a bit more, and it comes with some lore pages that are absolutely amazing. Um, my occasional co-host and good friend Manda uh, is 
really into fantasy lore. She owns several books about like fantasy creatures and magical plants and all this stuff. She's really in deep into that stuff. So I'm going to show her this because I think just the lore itself is something she would really, really appreciate. But yeah, we do follow the story of this new black mass that's been getting trained and what's going on there. Is there something more? Of course, there's something more going on. But yeah, really interesting. Um, Definitely a worthy addition to this world. And I want to see how big this world's going to get. I'm, I'm having a feeling that uh, we're going to get some more. And I'm very excited about that. So. All right. Next publisher is IDW. Got the one book for IDW this week. This is also for this week. I remember that one. Dungeons & Dragons Fortune Finder, number two. Written by Jim Zub. Colors by Adam Gazowski. Art by Jose Jaro. And letters production designed by Amari Osorio. And I love this. I love this story already. It's just a really intriguing, fun story. And it's also like something I was like thinking like, what was the, what if this was happening on tabletop? Very cool. Long story short, the main character finder, the mysterious character who was, who I, who I think it is, um, basically gets killed and then suddenly wakes up in a completely different body. They keep getting reincarnated. And I love that idea. And uh, it's just, I'm so curious to see where it's going to go. I love the D&D comics, but this is actually one of my favorites. And just being able to explore Sigil so soon after the book and just helps myself as a dungeon master who mostly homebrews a lot of stuff, but uses the books for adaptation and such. It just gives me so many ideas, so many different things I can do with it. And yeah, I love it. And I mean, there's so many great people that work on the... D&D comics, but I mean, I think Jim Zub has got to be up there with the best writer. I've really enjoyed everything Jim's ever done in D&D, so it's totally worth it if you're a D&D fan. It's a great book to jump into, and it's only two issues in, so. All right, our next publisher is Black Mask Studio. And I only got the one book this week, which is Gangster Asperista number three. This is, I'll be quick with this one because I've already read this book because I have the trade. But it's fantastic. Written by Pat Shand, illustrated by Renzo, Renzo Rodriguez, uh, with additional illustration by Vincenzo Riccardi, letter by Ed, Jim Campbell, and edited by Shannon Lee. Um, Trinity is my favorite character in the Destiny New York universe. And so this whole side story has been something I've really enjoyed. Um, and when Josue is with me, my co-host, who again still is on hiatus, it was really fun because he's experiencing it through the floppies. He doesn't have the trade. So we get to compare notes and I can see what he thinks. Of course, he loves Trinity as well because she's the best. Uh, but uh, I love this book. And th this is the final, it looks like, for at least unless he comes back with a volume two. Um, so this is the finale. Uh, so make sure to check it out. It's a nice three issue run and it's really great. And check out Pat Chan's um, information, all the different projects they're doing uh, through their different projects. I mean, there's so many good things. And I don't think anyone really handles Kickstarter better than Pat. Uh, I back everything Pat does, so definitely check it out. I think you will find something that you like, and um, yeah, I th yeah, and just get Destiny New York. I can't stress this enough. Get the whole run in Destiny New York like it I, I did. You will not regret it. All right, next publisher is Scout. Now, this one I know was last week um, because I distinctly remember this one. This is Total Party Killer. And it's a one shot. Uh, as far as I can tell, everything creatively on this was done by David Yu. Um, this was a really awesome story. 
Um, it's, <laughs> it's a fantasy tale about an adventuring party. And it's the traditional build. You got the big fighter dude. You got the rogue. You got the caster. And you have the healer. And they're, show- they're having tryouts for basically a minion. And this person applies to be the minion. And long story short, gets hired. And they go on an adventure. And through their misfortune, the healer goes down. And now the minion has to be promoted to healer. And... What unfolds is a really great story that I wasn't sure where it was going at any point. Um, I wasn't sure if this was going to be fun because, again, I'm big into D&D, so I've read a lot of comics like Nodwick and stuff. And I'm like, oh, is that what's going to be? You know, Nodwick, aha, it's everything's so funny. But no, it's got a real heart to it, and it's got a great twist, and it's really good. I really like this. This, this is the kind of book that makes me want to look up more of what that creator has done. So this did its job. I highly recommend this to anyone who likes a good fantasy story. If you're a D&D player, if if you're like uh, producer Liz and you you relate to the to the monsters a little bit more than the people, um yeah, just just a joy, a real joy to read. And uh yeah, cannot wait to see what else I can find from David Yu because I think it's going to be really really good. All right, next publisher is going to be Ablaze Publishing. Got a couple books from Ablaze. First of all, The Agent Number One. Uh, this one was written by Matthew Gabella, art by Fernando Dagnino, color by Carlos Marote, letter by Vibrant Studios. Uh, this is really cool because it's like a spy thriller. Um, it's you know, it's got that kind of like vibe of like your your born identities your mission impossibles this really cool spy undercover thriller thing but a really good twist in it um don't want to give up too much of it because the whole issue is pretty much spoiled if i tell you what the twist is but i, I really like it as someone who really likes this stuff and specifically i'm thinking like um one of my favorite movies last year was was um was bullet train um like that with less of humor you know like i have a feeling it's going to be just like a really cool action-packed spy thriller with just, again, this twist I cannot overstate. Very cool. After that is The Prism 3. Not going to linger too long on this one. Uh, this is by Matteo De Longus and a uh, letter by Offician Bolzoni. Um, they're gathering together, of course, this this band, this band that's gonna, that's going to save the world through their music, uh, which is always like a really cool, weird idea. And I, they finally get the band together. We finally meet all the members of the band in this issue. We met a couple last one, but now they're all there. And I just love all the character designs. I think they're so cool looking. I like the producer. She's probably my favorite character, actually. And yeah, I want to see where this goes. I want to see where this takes us. I think it's just a really unique, cool idea. And um, I was actually talking to the guy at the local comic book store. And he asked me about another book. And he's like, hey, what do you think of this book? I don't remember what it was. And I was like, oh, it's pretty good. I'm like, but have you read Prism? And he's like, no. And I'm like, oh, it's like a band saves saves the universe. And he goes, like Bill and Ted. I'm like, like Bill and Ted. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely worth a checkout. Next, let's talk about Image Comics. Now, these are mixed in. These are week or last week and this week. So we'll go back and forth as we go. The Deviant, number two. Um, written by James Tynan IV, art by Joshua Hickson, letters by Hassan Atsmane el I I love this book. It's so 
intense. There's a, there's a real deep, eerie intensity to this story that really gets gets me. Uh, I really enjoy it. Um, it's so oh man. If you like true crime, if you like all those shows about investigating true crime, this might be something for you. There's a moment where he interviews somebody, and the moment where the interview turns from a friendly exchange into something hostile was just masterfully done, specifically the art, but also the writing. You just felt that shift. You could feel the unease that, you know, he felt. And I just, oh, you know, it's just something I just, oh, man, you, I can't explain it. You have to experience it. But, man, this is a really, really great story. And, I mean, with a shocking ending, too. Like, there's a lot going on in this. Um, definitely something you want to check out. After that is Duke number one. Uh, we are talking about the new G.I. Joe run uh, in the Energon universe with the Transformers and everything under the uh, Skybound banner. Written by Joshua Williamson, art by Tom Riley, colored by Jordi Belair, and lettered by Russ Wooten. So this one spins directly out of the Transformers run. Uh, Duke's origin is told specifically in that issue, the most recent issue, which I thought was a really cool way to do it. And uh, we do get this kind of like... One, one, one issue I've always had, I, I, I was definitely a G.I. Joe kid when I was growing up. I love G.I. Joe. But as an adult, I do kind of like restrain or push away from overly patriotic stuff. Uh, just because, you know, I'm realistic about, you know, who we are and the things we need to work on as a country. Um, I don't like blind patriotism. I don't like blind loyalty to anything. But... So G.I. Joe is always something I kind of pushed back against, especially with those most recent movies kind of felt like, eh. I think this is a really unique take on the Duke origin and the, the, the role that the country will play in it and providing a pretty realistic ideal of what the country is like and the choices they make. So I, I really liked it. Um, something I would definitely recommend for you guys to check out if you are remotely interested in G.I. Joe if you've been enjoying the Transformers books, it's also worth a check out because they tie in together. And I think they're going to make a really nice story together with Void Rivals, of course. So <laughs> after that is Hexagon Bridge number four. Uh, this one's story and art by Richard Blake with editing by Oliver Zeller. Uh, this one uh, is they finally begin the the dive, the search into the cyber cybernetic or cyberspace area staten is there and trying to find the lost people and we get to see these really crazy well-designed locations we get to meet these like rogue ais and just all these unexpected personalities i was kind of expecting it to be like more of a solitary trip and instead we discover that there's all these entities within this universe that staten's going to have to navigate and there's a, a, already a major major um i guess you could say uh, i don't know even the word for it like major wrench in the works that happens in this issue that changes the status quo pretty well so i think that's really interesting to do it right off and it makes me wonder what's the story what's the story going to be what's the the morality play at you know at play and so very good i really like this book um it's pretty clear if you take one look at it the use of white of the you know the lack of color is just masterfully done too it's really really good so definitely check it out hexagon bridge number four 
Next up is Edenwood, number three. Storing art by Tony S. Daniel, colored by Leonardo Pacerotti, and a letter by Nathan, Nathan Kemp. Uh, so we do jump back to what happened, the betrayal that happened. And uh, I, I really like this. I love this art. I love this insane fantasy universe that was created just right in the middle of the, U- the U.S. And these crazy character like designs um like i really really like was it hot chip i love that design i think it looks insane just just so some of the coolest characters and i love how it jumps around a lot there's a lot going on and it's just going to be really really great i i really enjoy it it's all one of my most motivated or most anticipated series of the year so yeah definitely recommend it after that is kill your darlings number four Story by Ethan S. Parker and Griffin Sheridan. Art by Robert Quinn and letter by John J. Hill. Um, this is continuing the the story of this you know young woman who goes back to her fantasy world that she had as a kid and finds it destroyed. Finds it you know all the people homeless and starving and just really cool. Like I love the idea of like your childhood imagination being real and what it would be like years later. And in this case if there was a, you know, malignant force attached to it and what's going on there. I love that idea. I think it's a really great concept. And I love the, the tenuous nature between the real world and the fantasy world and how she goes back and forth. And in this case, forcibly and yeah, really cool. I really like this book and it's got some really great character designs and really great art. Um, definitely something I, would recommend for pretty much anybody. I this is a book that I think anyone would enjoy. So now let's do Local Man number eight. This one, of course, is created and written by Tim Seeley and Tony Fleeks, with art by Tony Fleeks, with Brad Simpson doing the colors, and uh, art by Tim Seeley with Felipe Sobrero doing the colors. Um, I love this book. It's this weird superhero story it's of course if you don't know it's the one that uh basically explores what would happen to an early image superhero later on now that he can't be a superhero anymore he has to go back to his hometown and it's just done so well the last issue was one of my favorite issues of the year of any comic just because of one gag if nothing else really got me and i loved it and it's referenced a little bit off the screen and i love it again and just this this weird dramatic play playing out with him and his ex-love and her new husband but also he's doing this murder investigation and there's superpowers around and it's just it's just so good and there's no real i haven't really read a superhero book like it that gives me a vibe like this since the fraction hawkeye run probably if you like the fraction hawkeye run this is up your alley You'll probably love this. Like, this is definitely something I would recommend in that case. But I recommend it anyways, because I, I can't recommend it enough. After that is The Return, World Tree, number six. Oh, boy. Written by James Tyne in the fourth. Art by Fernando Blanco. Colored by Jordi Belair and letter by Didier Bidikar. So we get a time skip, both forward and backwards, which I think was really interesting. Dealing with this infestation this breakout of this computer i guess you can call it computer virus but it's not what you would say is a computer virus but that's the best word i got for it and how it affects society how society kind of breaks down because of it 
but we also go back to when it started and what happened then. And I think it's a really great dichotomy of, you know, going back to when this small elite group of people tried to stop it versus now when it's much more public. And um, I love the characters. I really love all the characters. I think they're really, really great. Um, and I just think it's so well done. Um, I love, I also love the, the, the additional stuff, the augmented reality stuff online. If you don't know, there's a website you can go to. And in this, this uh, issue, you get a password so you can check some stuff out. So I love when people do stuff like that. Very, very cool. Check it out. Now a little dive into the massive verse. Let's talk about shift. This is a one shot for the character shift from the radiant black series. Uh, I'll just run through the creative team because I, yeah, there's a lot. Um, everything's written by Kyle Higgins. Art by Daniel Danuculo, Francesco Mana, Danilo Baruth, Gerardo Borges, and Chris Ibenhus. Colors by Walter Bayamante, Marcelo Costa, Mark Englert, and Sean Wager. Letters by Becca Carey and Diego Sanchez. Um, this is a lot of stories, and it's, it is like the story of Shift and how he went from being this, this criminal to being the guy in that suit to making it more than that. And I, I love it. I, 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 I've, um, I've not made a secret that I'm just a massive fan of the massive verse. I think everything they've done is amazing. We're going to talk about another book in a minute. That's probably my favorite. And I just think this fleshing out is so cool. And I just cannot express how much I love having a superhero universe to explore. That is not Marvel or DC. And I'm a huge fan of Marvel, and I'm a really big fan of DC. But just having options can only help comics from this point forward. And this is a world, if you love superheroes, but you're you're bored with DC's inconsistency and annoyed with the size of Marvel's story, Massiverse. Just, just launch yourself into Massiverse. You will not regret it. Speaking of which, No One, number seven, my final image book of the week. Written by Kyle Higgins and Brian Buccioletto, art by Antonio Fuso, color by Mark, Mark Englert, and letter by Hassan Atsmane Alhau. Um, this is a murder mystery set in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and it's got a bit of a superhero tinge to it. It's like a vigilante thing. Uh, you guys have heard me talk about it, every issue, because I've reviewed every issue, and I love every issue. It has an attached um, podcast starring primarily Patton Oswalt and Rachel Lee Cook, who is probably my favorite my favorite celebrity and the biggest crush I've ever had on a podcast together. And I'll let you decide who's who. Um, but I love this story. It's so good. And there's a massive breakthrough in this issue, which is really great. I think it's perfectly timed because if it got drawn out too long, it could have been a little too much, but I think it was done really well. Also, I love the fact that it is in Pittsburgh, where I live. And so there's some of these places I can check out. The very first issue is a diner, a Ritter's Diner. And I'm like, is that real? And I immediately Googled it. I'm like, it is. And it's not far from my house. And I'm definitely going there. And I'm going to go ahead and take a picture out front for you guys. Um, and now I want to go back to all the other issues and find the locations they went, which ones are real, and go take pictures. But uh, yeah, it's so good. But I love the drama of it all. I love the mystery of it all. I love the characters. I love Julia. She's just the best. And Teddy's pretty great too, especially if you know, you're know you keeping up with the podcast. He's just a really interesting character. But God, no one. No one is just... It's one of my favorite image books of the year, easily. It's my favorite Massiverse book. 
Uh, I just, I, I can't say enough good things about this. It has everything I want. So, yeah. Let's move on, though. Let's talk about DC comic books. All right, buckle up, everybody. We got a lo- we got a stack to go through. Sandman Universe Nightmare Country, The Glass House, number six. This is the finale of The Glass House, but not the finale of Nightmare Country. So I want to be clear on that. Um, this one's written by James Tynan IV, drawn by Alessandro Esterin, colored by Patricio Del Pech, and lettered by Simon Bolin. I won't give away the whole story, um, but I... I really enjoyed it. I love this continuation of the Sandman saga. Um, I love that there is something going on here, something bigger. And unlike the first Sandman tell, where we really followed Dream until the later volumes, we basically just looked over Dream's shoulder. This is very much like the later Sandman volumes where we're following the humanity of it all. And then Dream would pop in. And now we're even more further detached from dream because we don't even have the privilege of knowing what's going on with dream. Like there's, we're following these humans and they unknowingly are playing a part in what's going on. And we just don't know. We don't know the big picture. And I'm so curious to see how this is going to end. It does say on here that it, they will return for a conclusion. So there will be one more series and I'm so curious. I want to see what's going to happen. And uh, I want to see if the Corinthian comes back and how he comes back because the development of the Corinthian has been really good in this series. So very good. A plus. Love it. After that is Cyborg number six. Uh, this one, I it, it's the finale as well, I should mention. Written by Morgan Hampton, illustrated by Travis Mercer and Bruno Adri, uh, or Abdias. Colored by Michael Tay and lettered by Rob Lay. I think this is a really great finale um, for this mini. I love the idea of uh, it's, you know, confronting the bad guy that he's had the entire series. Um, however, also, it's the series has primarily been about his relationship with his father and the tension that's always been there. If you're a cyborg fan at all, you know that's like one of his driving forces is this complex relationship he has with his father. So that makes the fact that his father dies right away in the beginning of the series really impactful and really wants you to say what's going to happen. And um, it's handled really well. It, it's He's given a chance to, you know, put everything to bed. And I thought it was so good. I really liked it. My only issue with it, and this is like a DC issue, and again, this has nothing to do with the creative team. I, I just wish DC was better at timing out their stories. I wish this hap- this concluded before everything going on in Titans, like we have a big crossover right now and there's a lot going on. So part of me is like, well, yeah, in beast world, he's, he's there. So it's going to be fine. I just wish they were better at timing these things out. Sometimes I think Marvel does that a little bit better. And there's a couple instances of that in the DC stuff this week, but everything the creative team themselves are in charge of was great. I love this book. So after that is flash number four. Uh, this one, man, oh gosh, this is the, the most head trip run of Flash ever, which says something. Uh, written by Cy Spurrier, art by Mike Diodato Jr., colored by Trish, Mo- Trish Movilhill, and lettered by Hassan Atsmani Elhau. Um, so we get Wally dealing with this, this realm that he found in the Speed Force, and just like, it's so cool the way it's done with these statues and 
statues that move when he's not looking. I think it's really, really great. Um, but at the same time, uh, as much as I love that story, the thing that really got me that I really love is the fact that Jesse Quick and Irie team up and they're like the new Flash and Kid Flash for this book. And let me just say, Jesse's look is great. I love it. I'm feeling it. So really great story. I, I really like it. I love the Flash family. I think they're a lot of fun. And I like the expansion of the Flash family where they're going from here. So yeah, good stuff. Next up is Green Arrow 7, jumping into a new arc for Green Arrow. So happy it's an ongoing, by the way, because uh, Green Arrow is one of my favorite DC characters, period. Probably my favorite male DC character. Uh, so this one is written by Joshua Williamson, art by Carmine D. Gian, Gian Domenico and Trevor Harrison, colors by Romeo Farhardt Jr. and letter by Troy Pateri. Sorry about stumbling on that name. The text is actually really dark. It's hard to read. Um Ollie is back on, you know, in modern, the modern world. And he's trying to readjust to being back. And the very first thing he does is say, where's the Justice League? And they have to explain to him, hey, the Justice League disbanded. The Titans are the Justice League now. And we get these great moments with him meeting up with different members of the Justice League, helping them with various missions and talking things out, which I thought was really cool. It was was like a montage. And I really thought that was really great. Um, I, uh, I particularly liked the Superman one. I thought that was a lot of fun. I liked the Wonder Woman one quite a bit. Um, I like that he get like one shots with a bunch of different characters, including Black Adam, who didn't even recognize him. Thought that was great. But obviously, the the Hal Jordan one is pro- you know obviously the best one because they've always had such an intense, complicated relationship. Um, yeah, very interesting, very cool. I love this run. I hope people are buying it because it's really good. Speaking of, I hope you will Ryan at Hawk Girl number six. The ending, the six of six, unfortunately, because this one has been so good. Written by Jadzia Axelrod, drawn by Amanke Naholpan, colored by Alex Kimaris and Carrie Strachan, lettered by Hassan Atsmane Al Hau. I really liked this series. Um, I think that the entire creative team did a wonderful job the entire time throughout. The use of uh, Jadzia's previous character, uh, Galaxy, is, was really well done. Um, and I really want to see more of both of them in the mainstream DC universe. I think they're great. I love Kendra. I love Kendra's design. I love Kendra's attitude or character. Um, just so good. I love, she's insanely buff, and I love that. I know we're not afraid to do that. I just adore that. So. What a great book. Really enjoy it. I hope this is not the last we see of these characters and of this creative team together. So now let's talk about the Just Justice Society for a bit with a couple of books. Let's start with Jay Garrick, The Flash, number three. Written by Jeremy Adams, art by Diego or or Olortugi Tugui. Uh colored by Luis Guerrero and letter by Steve Wands. Um of course, what's going on in the JSA is a couple different things right now, but one of the things is these long lost sidekicks are back. And that includes Judy, the boom, the young Flash. And I just want to repeat again, she's adorable and I love her. Absolutely love her design. Um, just really, really great. And yeah, basically, um, this is the story of since she is back and the memory of her is back, the memory of this villain, Dr. Elemental, is also back. So it's really great. They're having to like figure these things out in reverse. And I thought that was a lot of fun. I really like it. I like the character. I've always liked Jay Garrick. I thought he was fun. Um, the hat is ridiculous, and I love it. Like, I think I remember reading when I was younger, maybe in Wizard Magazine, 
that he the hat stays on because he vibrates it until like little pegs inside go into his skull and i'm like that's ridiculous i love it but very very cool now for a little more serious uh alan scott green lantern number three uh this one is written by tim sheridan art by sian thormy colored by matt herms and chris sotomayor and letter by lucas Catoni. so yeah um alan is dealing with the fact that the people in his life are being harmed they're being killed uh, these are men that have been close to him in the past and it, this whole series has been you know exploring this this part of him that has caused him pain but is still a very true and deep part of who he is which i totally get i understand that that's very interesting and it's a very very worthy story to tell i love this issue and features the specter as a guest star which is really great. Classic Spectre is always a good story. Um, and yeah, really good twist at the end um, about the identity of the bad guy. I thought that was really great. And just something I really enjoy. I'm really enjoying these Golden Age revisits. Very, very cool. My last JSA book of the week is Justice Society of America, number eight, of course. The mainline book. Uh, this one is the one more focusing on uh, the after effects of everything, including specifically with Huntress. Written by Jeff Johns, art by Mikhail Janin, colored by Jordi Belair, and lettered by Rob Lay. I love this because um, Huntress is trying to recruit these villains because in the future she was able to recruit them and form a new JSA. And she's like, now I'll do it now. And I, with varying levels of success, I think that's really, really interesting. I'd like. I love the characters that she's doing this for. Some of them are characters that I really like and want to see more of. So I hope it succeeds. Uh, Icicle is a really interesting idea. I think that's really dope. Um, yeah. So 100% I'm here for this book. It's been really, really good from the beginning. All right. Let's talk about some Themyscaran books for a moment. Let's talk about Amazon's Attack number three. Uh, this one is written by Josie Campbell, art by Vasco Georgiev, colored by Alex Gamares, and lettered by Becca Carey. So this is the one that's going on at the same time as the Wonder Woman book, but is dealing with the other Amazons, specifically the three leaders of the Amazons, uh, as well as Mary Marvel. And I love that. I love the combination. Um, I love that, you know, Nubia is in charge, but no one listens to her. I love that Yara Floor just does whatever she wants because that's who she is. All these characters have these unique traits and just the way they do things. And it leads to them not being a good team, which I think is good. I, I don't think every team should be flawless together. I think there should be problems and such. And I do love the way they are. They make a logical mistake in thought. They they come up with an idea of who must be at fault here and they are wrong. And they're, they're not dumb for getting the wrong answer. It's a very logical answer to come to, but it's just a very good story. I'm really enjoying it. And the way it's tying into the overall Wonder Woman story right now is really, really good. So thumbs up. More Yara Floor and Mary Marvel in all my books, please. After that is Wonder Woman 4. Uh, so this one was really emotional. And I'll be kind of brief with it, but it's really, really good. Written by Tom King. Art by Daniel Sampier. Colored by Tomi Amore and letter by Clayton Cowles. At the same time that the U.S. is basically calling for, basically calling for Diana's head and declaring her an enemy and all this stuff, we keep cutting back and forth to Wonder Woman 
with a kid dying for cancer with cancer basically making his last dreams come true and doing everything she can for one person and i think that's just amazing i think that's that is what dc superheroes should be about this issue this is a dc superhero story and if anyone wants you to ask or if anyone asks you what's the difference between marvel and dc show them this book because this is quintessentially a dc story i love it i thought it was really well done I love Tom King's Diana. It's just so well written, just oh, beautifully drawn. Everybody, Tommy Murray and everybody's great, just amazing artists. I love it. It's been a, such a great run. It's only been four issues, and uh, yeah, I'm on board. You're, good luck getting me off this book. All right, let's talk about some bat books. First of all, Catwoman sixty, written by Teeny Howard, art by Stefano Raffali. Colored by Veronica Gandini and lettered by Lucas Gattoni. I love this story with Selena Kyle realizing she has nine lives and doing what she wants to do or what she's never had a chance to do because of the risk, you know. I love the idea because originally it was kind of like, I was like, it is kind of weird that she discovers that she has extra lives to spare and then suddenly just starts getting killed. But I think that's it's explained really well in the story that she's intentionally doing all these really dangerous things that she never attempted to do because she's like, this is the chance to do them. This is a chance to do these insanely difficult jobs. And I really like that. I think it's really good. It's a really great hook. Uh, and it definitely waves away any concerns I have. I, I, I really like this book. And I'm so glad I jumped on because of Gotham War. And it's definitely something that... Uh, I would recommend if you like if you like Selena, this is really well done, and it takes her out of Gotham. It doesn't just leave her in Gotham and let her deal with the same people over and over. She's on a globe trotting tour, and I think yeah, definitely something I'd pick up. Another Teeny Howard book I would pick up is Harley Quinn thirty five. This one's of course written by Teeny Howard, art by Logan Farber, uh, colored by Trina Farrow, and lettered by Steve Wands. Um, yeah, with all this stuff that's been happening with this with this uh, cyber Harley, or as they say, HarleyQuinn.exe, um, going around killing the other Harleys, uh, it gets escalated in this issue because the fake Harley ends up kidnapping uh, Harley students. And Kevin, that bitch, you leave Kevin alone. He is an angel, and he never hurt anybody. I'm so glad to see Kevin back because I was wondering like what was going to happen with that character because he's one of my favorites. And definitely something that got me into the book because of the last run. But seeing him back is really great. Um, building up to an awesome finale, I think, here. I think it's really, really interesting. And yeah, I, I again, I, I come back to this all the time, but I never thought I'd call myself a Harley Quinn fan. But I love this character now. Really, really well done. All right, Detective Comics 1080. Oh, man, this book has been really intense. Written by Rom V, art by Jason Sean Alexander and Mike Perkins, colored by Dave Stewart and letter by Ariana Mayer. So after helping Batman escape his execution, I don't want to say preventing his execution because that's not exactly what happened. But after getting him out of there, the whole mission now is to get him clear. And, you know, it's not it's not as easy as it seems. They got there's a lot that has to happen here. And. I really like the way it's done. This whole issue is about getting him out of Gotham, getting him somewhere where he can recover and having unlikely allies work together to do this in a very cool way. Some really great moments. Like I just, 
some show-stopping moments is what I'd say. I really like this issue. I'm also a really big fan of Talia. I just want to throw that out there. So Talia gets a pretty decent spotlight. And I think she'll have more of a spotlight in the upcoming issues too. But yeah, just a really cool idea. I, I really liked it. So been a really interesting run. The final Bat book is Nightwing 109. Probably should be in the Titans section, but I don't care. Written by Tom Taylor. Art by Stephen Byrne. Colored by Adriana Lucas and lettered by Wes Abbott. This is concluding the story um, with uh with dick and b in that he's revisiting his previous relationship and he becomes a pirate basically for a while and ends up helping her and just a really cool little three-part story that i thought ended really really interestingly um but it does drag us back to bloodhaven as a story which i think is really well done that it connected to the overall plot as dick was finally able to see what was saved in the hold for him what was in his vault and it's uh it's a big deal it's a very big deal for the lore of dick grayson so not going to spoil it but yeah it's nightwing what what can i tell you you're already reading nightwing everybody rings nightwing it's the best all right let's talk about the super family for a bit power girl number four oh man this was interesting really interesting issue i oh like I love Paige. I almost call her Karen. Uh, I love this character. I've always been a big fan of hers. Not quite as much as Supergirl, because I'm just the world's biggest Supergirl fan. But this was definitely interesting. Um, written by Leah Williams, who I'm a huge fan of. Penciled by Eduardo Pensica. Inked by Julio Ferreira. Colored by Romeo Ferrara Jr. And letter by Becca Carey. Um, this infection that has been stalking her for the entire series has finally caught up and infected her just in time for Clark to show up and they have an all out battle and it's really cool. I really like it. Um, obviously it's two Kryptonians throwing down, which is always fun and, you know, massively destructive. Although in this story, they managed not to destroy an entire city, Zack Snyder. Um, so, but, um, I do love it. I love that Omen shows up and Omen's entrance is insane and funny to me the way she does it. Cause she's just a great character. And the way, the important role that she kind of plays in everything. I, I love Omen. I love the introduction of her in the previews of this book. You know, the little short stories that came before it. And just a really great, int- or a really great addition to the Power Girl mythos. So, really great stuff. Definitely enjoying it. And we got the threat looming a bit more. So, it's not quite over yet. Next up is Superman 9. Uh, this one, Jesus. Uh, so sad. Written by Joshua Williamson, Art by Bruno Redondo, colored by Adriana Lucas, and letter by Ariana Mayer. Um, Clark is recovering from his previous fight, and just the, it, when I say sad, it's the opening shot. You just have to read the opening scene. It's very sad. We do get the return of Marilyn Moon Knight, which is just one of my favorite character designs of recent memory. Very cool. Um, and just a lot going on here. There's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, also, we get to see Mercy Graves' big arms again, which, yeah, hell yeah, give me. Um, but we do get a story where Clark is thrown backwards in time. And I love this idea because we go back to cowboy times and give me this as a six-year run. Just leave him in the cowboy times in that outfit. I'm not going to spoil it. Everybody check it out. I'll read the shit out of it. I love this book. It's so good. 
speaking of Superman, Action Comics Annual number tw- or, or Action Comics Annual 2023, I should say. Uh, this is the finale for the current creative team. Um, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, art by Max Rainer, colors by Matt Herms, and letter by Dave Sharp. Um, I will say that this run of Action Comics is what got me back into Superman comics. I was a Superman hater for a long time. I did not like Superman. I thought he was boring. I thought all those cliche things that people say about Superman, basically. And then this run started, and I thought, you know, I'll give it a shot. I like Supergirl, you know? <laughs> and like, I like these characters. And it's really opened up the Superman world to me. Uh, I buy the Superman comic again. You know, I buy every super book that comes out because they're all good now. But this is the one that really did it for me. And this does wrap up this big plot the um the blue earth plot that um i really enjoyed it was a really interesting threat and i love that i love when a writer is smart about the threat they throw at the super family because the super family is so powerful it's hard to really threaten them properly and i thought it was really well done i thought it was a great story i thought it had some legit stakes to it because there's things that I thought might actually happen that didn't um, specifically with Superman's new daughter. I, there is a chance that something serious could happen to her. And I honestly thought they could do it. And so it definitely kept my attention more because of that situation, but overall just a really, really great run. I'm, I'm sticking with action comics. I'm going to be here for the long run guys, but um, Yeah. Really great book. Really great run. I appreciate everything this creative team has done. Now we're going to wrap up with the Titans section. Titans, Beast World, Tour, Central City. Uh, there's so many creative teams and there's multiple different stories. So I'm not going to go through each and every one of them. But um, yeah, I really like it. Um, I love the the characters. I mean, we're touching on characters from various different parts of this, the speedsters uh specifically like we're touching on the speed force bit and lots of different characters but i really liked it i thought it was really fun i love these tour books uh featuring the characters and i do love how much the um the flashes have their city down like they're just really good at controlling their city whereas people were like oh yeah batman's you know keeps gotham under control gotham is is a whole (laughs) like like it's so funny how little control he has over gotham when the flashes are just like oh there's a bad guy across town boom he's done like i really like that it's a lot of fun after that is titans number six not technically part of the beast world crossover oh but it is (laughs) it is written by tom taylor art by travis moore color by tamra bonville and a letter by wes abbott we get some big revelations here. We get some revelations about who was behind this whole thing and what what was their well, I guess we don't know what their motivation was yet, but like a lot of interesting stuff here. And it comes from a very unusual source that I did not see coming, but is very intriguing. Um I thought it was really cool. We also get the promise of two more heroes transformed that we haven't physically seen yet, but I cannot wait because it's going to be interesting, especially with, uh, I'm trying to be as vague as possible, especially with who is inevitably going to have to save them. It's a very complicated relationship there. So very cool. And final book was Titans beast world three. Uh, this is kind of the flip side of that story, uh, kind of takes place 
before and after. It's weird. Written by Tom Taylor, art by Lucas Meyer, colors by Romulo Fajardo Jr., and letter by Wes Abbott. This is taking, of course, the bigger view of what's going on. And um, with all the characters, we get to see uh, Power Girl gets transformed, which is really dope. Uh, we get to see um, the Lion Black Adam in combat. And we get to see uh, Con- or John, oh, John Kent using his new ability to like power up with the blue Superman energy and just so good. Love it. But of course, everything comes down to just like everything in DC right now comes down to Amanda Waller. And I'm just, I I'm just making this plea DC. I'm so sick of Amanda Waller. <laughs> Please just do something else. I swear to God, if the next, next crossover is like suicide squad, like ran, I'm going to hate it. I'm going to get the dreamer book. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to get the suicide screen, suicide squad dreamer book. But that's just because I'm in love with Nicole Maines, and that's the only reason. But just please, I beg of you, just I can't stand the Suicide Squad. I can't stand Waller. Just, ugh, yeah. But I do love this Beast World run. I think it's been a lot of fun. And obviously, it's Tom Taylor does a really, really good job with these characters and has done a really good job of leaving Beast Boy's ultimate fate open. Because I think that is the big thing that hangs in the balance with this crossover and the big question that needs to be answered. So leaving that open, giving us teases, providing us information one way or the other has been really well done. So, All right, at long last, that is the end of the DC list. So let's talk about our final publisher, Marvel Comics. And we got a lot, guys. So once again, strap in, let's do this. We're going to start with some Star Wars books, specifically Star Wars Dr. Aphra 39, the next to last issue for this run. Written by Alyssa Wong, art by Minku Jung, colored by Rochelle Rosenberg, and letter by Joe Carmagna. Um, I love this book. Much like Action Comics got me back into Superman, Dr. Aphra got me into Star Wars comics. I don't think I've ever read a Star Wars comic before Dr. Aphra came along. And now I read a lot of them. And I love this run. Alyssa has been amazing. The art has been amazing. Just the way it ties into all the other crossovers. I love this book. And the fact there's only one issue left is really, like, really sad to me. But I do think that they're going to do something great with this character in the future. I, Alyssa has other books that I've really enjoyed and I will continue to enjoy. It's just sad to see the end of an era, basically. But I won't talk too much about this uh, this story because it di- does tie directly into Dark Droids. But I really enjoy it. And I will miss Afra as a character, is what I'll say. Hopefully we'll see more of her soon. The other Star Wars book is Star Wars The High Republic, The Child of the Storm, number two. Uh, this one is written by Kevin Scott, art by Jim Toey, colored by Jim Campbell, and lettered by Ariana Mayer. Uh, once again, I'm not going to get too much into the specifics of this. This is about the Jedi and the um, the Jedi and the uh, Nihil, uh, like trying to negotiate with the Huts and what can possibly go wrong. And I really like it. I thought it was really well done. Um, with another tease of a possible long lost Jedi might have survived, might be there. And I thought that was really well done. I love the High Republic. I've not made a secret of that. Um, everybody should be reading this. If you're a Star Wars fan, read this and don't argue online because. No one cares. Next up is Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars number two, 
Written by Tom DeFalco, art by Pat O'Leaf, colored by John Calise, and lettered by Joe Carmagna. I'll be quick with this one. Uh, this is a literally between the panels story during the original Secret Wars, and um, where five heroes and five villains are transported to another battle world and have a fight with massive stakes. It's a lot of fun. I like the group that they've gathered. Um, it's just, I, again, it's it's a flashback tale, and there's a lot of these now. And uh, there's not a lot I can say about it. It's We know what happened in the Secret Wars, so it's not like there's that many stakes like long-term. I do like the bit with Daredevil touching Spider-Man's new costume, being like, there's something different with this. And I like that little bit of foreshadowing. I thought that was really cool. So After that is Cap Wolf and the Howling Commandos, number three. Written by Stephanie Phillips, art by Carlos Magno, colored by Espen Grunzinger, and lettered by Travis Lanham. Uh, just continuing this amazing story with Captain America's This Werewolf. I love the art for this book. It's like the art and the coloring, I should say, because there's a lot of really great darkness and color use in this book, but also like just this crazy looking Captain America werewolf. Just the way he looks is insane. Just so well done. I really, really like it. And I do like the tease at the end, which is that, you know, Nick Fury is sick and tired of being injured and being on the sidelines he's not going to put up with anymore so one issue left and uh we'll come to a really great conclusion i'm sure after that is daredevil black armor number two uh written by dj chichester art pencil by Nathan diaz inked by jp meyer colored by andrew dollhouse and lettered by clayton cowles um yeah it's really great um so this is flashing back to the black armor era of daredevil once again a flashback tale um i actually really enjoy this one um I love the way it ties into some of his origin stuff, the way it features his father and the way he learned how to box. Um, I love the interactions with Spider-Man, not being sure if it's the same, you know, Daredevil. Like, I thought that was really interesting. Um, I also really like the fact that there's multiple bad guys in this book and um, the art specifically by Neto Diaz and J.P. Meyer is really interesting in that all these classic villains have their classic looks and they're done really well, but they're done in a, they're done in a modern adaptation of a classic look. Specifically, I want to shout out the, the Sabretooth. I love this era of Sabretooth. I've always really liked this look and it does flash me back to almost like Iron Fist Power Man. They're his first appearance. Cause I remember reading that. Uh, but I love the big, the, the big uh, color of fur with the blonde hair and that how they kind of match. I always thought that was a really great look. And also Hobgoblin's really great. And there's a really great shot of Mole Man uh, in, in this. And just like, let's just say not in the best shape. I just thought it was so cool. Like there's so much going on in this book. There's so many bad guys, but I mean, it's Daredevil. If, if Daredevil would not be Daredevil. if He wasn't overmatched. And I love that. So Next up is Black Panther 7. This one is written by Eve Ewing. Our pencils by Chris Allen and Matt Chater. Uh, inked by Craig Young and Matt Chater. Colored by Jesus Bardov and letter by Joe, Joe Sabino. Um, yeah, I really like this one because T'Challa is, you know, he's doing his best, but he's not succeeding all that much. He's run into problems. He's not able to handle this city like he has you know, other problems in the past because it's a different animal. It's not something he's used to and he's struggling and he gets a bit of advice to basically be like, if you're having trouble with the city, learn the city. And I thought that was really interesting and really cool. And 
it is handled in a really great montage. I wish it was kind of stretched out over an issue or two. Uh, I could have dealt with that. But um, overall, I really liked the story. I thought it was cool. And I thought it was a good way of like grounding T'Challa. Like he's very much the the guy who, you know, he was the king. He was raised in privilege and such. And now we have this almost Gotham-like city that he has to deal with. And it's very foreign to him. And I like that idea. I think it's a really cool way to explore an aspect of his character that we'd never seen before, but yeah, really, really interesting. Definitely something I've really enjoyed. After that is Captain Marvel number three. Uh, speaking of Alyssa Wong from earlier, written by Alyssa Wong, art by Rari Coleman and John Bazodua, color by Brian Valenza, and letter by Ariana Mayer. Uh, continuing this great story with uh, with Carol and um, Yuna and how they're attached by the Nega bands. And they have to switch places, just like old-fashioned Captain Marvel style. Love that stuff. This issue features Luna uh, basically crash-landing into the Sanctum Sanctorum, trying to get some assistance. But, of course, you can imagine that Doctor Strange probably has some pretty robust robust security. And we run into that. We get some Doctor Strange and the Clea appearances, including some really funny interactions when Carol shows up uh, between... Clea, Carol, and and Steven, and just the way she interacts with them. I love that. I thought it was really great. And yeah, just a really fun story. I love Carol having this essentially sidekick that she can't really do anything about. It's a good wrinkle in the Carol story. Once again, she's similar to Superman. She's a character that it's hard to... She's hard to threaten uh, with a villain. So I, I like when people get creative with reasons or ways to give her, you know a threat way to get ways to give her a problem. I think it's really well done. So yeah, really good. After that is ghost rider. Number 21 written by Benjamin Percy art by Carlos Nieto colored by Brian Valenza and letter by Travis Lanham. Oh man. Uh, this is the finale of basically getting this whole background that we've been getting for Talia war road over the past several issues one of my favorite new comic book characters over the past few years, I should say. And it does wrap up the story and it doesn't just wrap up her origin. It wraps up her story, at least for the time being. And I don't know what I feel about that. I love this character. And I was, I know we're kind of going towards like something that's going to happen with ghost rider. And part of me was hoping that she would become the new ghost rider. <laughs> Maybe that's still be the case, but we'll see. But um, yeah, I, I like the issue. I like it a lot. I thought the, the conclusion was really well done. It was very Talia thing to do. I thought it was really great, but yeah, I hope, I hope we see her again. I really, really like that character. So after that is Avengers Inc. Number four, four of five. Uh, you all did not buy this book and that's why we're not getting any more. And I'm mad at you for not buying this book. Cause it's great. Written by Al Ewing, pencil by Leonard Kirk, colors by Alex Sinclair and letter by Tra- Corey Petit. Um, yeah, we get we get finally get to figure out what's going on in the big mystery here. We also get a guest appearance by Moon Knight, which is great. Um, but yeah, we get to figure out what's up with these villains that are appearing to be dead and then coming back to life. What's going on here? We get some answers finally, and uh, we did a tease in the last issue, but we get full answers in this one. And yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a really cool story. I love this. I am a little disappointed with the big reveal of who is Victor shade, just because I love that character. And I was hoping for a little something else. Uh, 
but I think obviously that was rushed because we have five issues instead of you know more. Uh, but I re- I really like it. I think it's cool, and uh, I wish you all bought it. Buy the trade. Maybe we'll get another volume. That's what I'll say. All right. Next up is Incredible Hulk number seven. I'll be quick with this one. Uh, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, art by Nick Klein, colored by Matt Wilson, letter by Corey Petit. Um, we get to see Hulk throw down with an with another Ghost Rider, um, and I thought it was really cool, really fun. Um, it's like this mistaken identity where he thought Hulk is a monster, even though Hulk is a monster. He thought Hulk was a different monster. And therefore, after the fight, he's not around when the actual monster shows up. And I thought that was really interesting. I, th- I think it's really good. I love this whole monster versus monster theme of this run of Hulk. Really interesting. Really great. And um, yeah, I, I, what's the end game? I'm so curious. I, I really want to know. After that is Doctor Strange number 10. Written by Jed McKay, art by Pascal Ferry, colored by Heather Moore, and letter by Corey Petit. Um, so it's the Doctor versus the General, Stephen versus Stephen. And the question is, like, even if the Doctor finds a way to win, what's he going to do? He, is he going to kill him? That's not really what Stephen would do, you know? Uh, it's it's just um, very intriguing to figure out what he's going to do. And uh, I, I sing his praises a lot, but Jed McKay does a really good job of explaining what the consequences of this are going to be, what the after effects are going to be. I think it makes total sense and uh, it's very, very good. I love this strange run. I obviously nominated it for an award this year. And if you want to vote for it, you still can by the, through the end of the day, but yeah, what a book, what a book. I really like this and I can't wait for it to come back. After that is timeless 2023. Oh my gosh. Okay. So written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly art by Joan Cabal. Colored by Edgar Delgado and letter by Travis Lanham. Um, I this is not a secret. I've talked about it on the show before. I'm a gigantic Luke Cage and Iron Fist fan. I've always really liked the Heroes for Hire. I love their dynamic. I absolutely love this great friendship that came from this street tough black man ex-con who was taken advantage by taken advantage of by the government. And this privileged, completely clueless white dude who essentially misappropriated Asian culture and them finding this friendship. And I I still maintain it's the best friendship in comics. Um, this flashes forward into the distant future where Luke Cage is the last hero standing. And he's not just Luke Cage anymore. He's so much more. I'm not going to get into it because it's such a great reveal, the things that he can do, but this definitely gives us glimpses into the future of our current Marvel universe. And it's very exciting. I love these timeless runs. What they're doing with these timeless books are so good. Um, the past few with Kang. And then this one, I just, it's such a great idea. Um, this one is probably the best of them all and contains some amazing moments. Highly enjoyable. Really, really cool. Next up is Gods, number three, written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Valerio Shiti, colored by Marta Gracia, and lettered by Travis Lanham. Um, I really am enjoying this book quite a bit. It's so trippy and awesome, and I like how much Doc Strange is kind of like lingering in the story because he's a familiar face and it helps us ground things. 
but it's also so out there and weird. Um, I really like this one. It's the there's a big mystery going on. What's going? What's happening in this one? Of who this entity is, and we find out at the end. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil it, but it's just really cool and really well done. And what are the implications of this? There's so like the everything that happens in this book is so big and so important. And uh, yeah, just wonderful. Really, really, really good. All right, let's talk about some Spidey books now. All right, Spine Tingling Spider-Man number three is where we're going to start. Creative team, uh, written by Saladin Ahmed, art by Juan Ferreira, and letter by Joe Caramagna with uh, covers by Juan Ferreira as well. Um, This is that horror-filled Spider-Man story that's been really good and really creepy. And we do... I believe find out who is behind it all. And uh, it's a good reveal. I, it's a character that I've enjoyed recently and I'm not going to spoil it for you. You can figure it out for yourself. I will say that I, I thought it was another character that was recently an amazing Spider-Man for just a split second. Um, a certain demonic version of Spider-Man. I thought it was him, but uh, very quickly I realized, Oh no, that's not him. But yeah, really interesting. Uh, I think there's only one issue left. So very weird that it's this short, but super creepy. If you'd like a creepy ass Spider-Man book. Next up is Superior Spider-Man 2, written by Dan Slock, uh, penciled by Mark Bagley, inked by John Dell, letter by Joe Carmagna. Um, yeah, the continuing this story with uh, with Supernova, this person that uh, Doc Ock took advantage of while in Spider-Man's body and now wants to get Spider-Man. Doc Ock is like, oh yeah, I did that, didn't I? I really like it. Um, in this issue, Bailey, Spider-Boy, comes into play and is you know harmed in the process. Um, and yeah, really interesting. It does lead to the fact that, you know, Doc Ock realizes that Supernova is coming for him too. So maybe they need to make an unusual team up. We'll, we'll see. So I really like it. Speaking of Bailey, Spider-Boy number two, uh, this is written by Dan Slott, uh, with art by Paco Medina and colors by Eric Arsenega. And then the other story art by Ty Templeton with colors by D. Conniff, letter by Joe Caramagna. Uh, this does feature Spider-Boy teaming up with Captain America and fighting my favorite Marvel villain, Taskmaster. And it's really cool because it's like Cap teaching him how to fight Taskmaster. I thought that was really great. Um, I like seeing Spider-Boy team up with the heroes, these characters that he probably had a you know past with of some sort that don't remember him, and we get to reestablish that. I do like the backup story as well that's a lot of fun with... Um, with Squirrel Girl and him. And also they tie together. There's an interesting hook between the two of them that I thought was really good. So good. I like Bailey. I know there's some kind of like like movement online being like, why are we getting a Spider-Boy book? Blah, blah, blah. I like it. It's fun. Just enjoy things. All right, let's talk about Gang War. Let's start with Amazing Spider-Man number 40. I'm going to try to do these roughly in order, but the order isn't particularly important yet, I don't think. Written by Zeb Wells, penciled by John Romita Jr., inked by Scott Hanna, colored by Marcio Meniz, and lettered by Joe Carmagna. Uh, this one specifically deals with the big effects of Gang War, what's going on. Uh, specifically, Madame Mask making her badass move, um, Beetle with her new look, and and Tombstone just trying to do his best to to do the right thing, to to help to do the right thing for his family. And I really like it. I really think this is dope. There's also a big reveal of a huge return back to New York. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Really cool, though. I really dug it. So 
I love Gang War. It's been a lot of fun. It's already a front runner for crossover of the year next year. So next up, Gang War: Deadly Hunt, Hands of Kung Fu, number one, written by Greg Pak, art by Kyle Majado, colored by Jim Campbell, and letter by Travis Lanham. I um I love this because I'm a big Shang Chi fan as well, and this is Shang Chi being the leader of the Five Weapons Society is ostensibly a criminal force, but Shang Chi is trying to do his best to redeem them and. It's a struggle. It's something difficult for him to do because it's hard to break those tendencies within the organization. And he doesn't necessarily have everybody's respect. Um, He kind of forces respect by having the 10 rings. So the question is what happens if the 10 rings don't aren't in the uh, aren't in play? What will happen there? And I think that's really cool. Um, I do understand why his siblings weren't in this story they do write them off for a purpose which i think is great i do miss them though because i really like the characters but um yeah i like this uh part of shang chi's story of gang war and like him being torn between the heroic actions and redeeming this organization i think is really well done next up is miles morales 14 written by cody ziglar art by federico Vincentini, colored by brian valenza letter by Corey petit i really like this one um it's Miles teaming up with Misty and uh, Colleen, but they, of course, run across the Cape Killers. And I love that the Cape Killers keep coming up in Miles' book because they're a lot of fun. I really like the characters. I love this Scorpion. The way Scorpion's portrayed in these stories has been really interesting. I thought it was really dope. Um, but yeah, um, them having this weird adversarial relationship, but also being on the same side of good, quote, is is a great dynamic. I really like it. And um, very good stuff. Really, really digging this. I, I love the the Ziggler and uh, Co. run that we've had of Miles Morales. I know some people were like, oh, who's going to follow up Saladin Ahmed? I'll tell you who. Cody Ziggler. <laughs> very good. Next up, Spider-Woman 2, our final gang war book of the week. Written by Steve Fox. Art by Carola Borelli. Colored by Riff Prianto. And letter by Joe Sabino. Um, I love Jessica. I think she's great. Um, I love in the middle of this whole gang war, she's like, yeah, but what about my son? And so she's just got this, this whole thing going after Hydra and by extension diamond back to get her son back. Uh, this involves of course, running across, um, basically all of Hydra basically running from the top to the bottom and a really cool infiltration storyline that's done in this issue. And I really curious to see what's going to happen. I don't know what they're going to do with her son. Um, I wouldn't put vast Marvel to erase the kid entirely, but I think they're going to be more creative than that with this. So very cool. Really liking it. Gang or thumbs up all across the board guys. And finally, let's talk about some X-Men books. Let's talk about original X-Men number one. Um, this is a one shot. It appears, which I, is interesting. I, I thought it was going to be a little more extended, but it does appear to be a one shot. Um, and it does kind of follow up on the story of the original X-Men going forward in time and following up with that. Interestingly, I think it's great. Written by Christos Gage, penciled by Greg Land, inked by Jay Liston, colored by Frank Darmada, and letter by Clayton Cowles. I mean, the art, it, it's a Greg Land art. You know what to expect from that. It's really great. Um, it is what it is. You know, it is its thing. But uh, I'm really excited to talk about the story because I think it was really interesting. It's a good way to wrap up the the original X-Men arc and the lingering questions, the lingering bits of it. I thought it was really well done and to, to get that done with and to get them back to where they were and make sure that 
time takes place as it should. Very cool. I really enjoyed that. Um, and a really cool tease for the future too. So yeah, very good. Um, definitely something I would recommend if that's something that sounds like it's up your alley. If you like Greg Land's art, it's a book you'll probably like. Next up is Astonishing Iceman number five, which is the finale to Bobby's story. And uh, I really hope Bobby gets more of a spotlight after this event because he's just a great character. And I really, really appreciated this. Uh, written by Steve Orlando, art by Vincenzo Caratu, colored by Hava Tartelli, and lettered by Travis Lanham. Uh, Bobby gets this, you know, one-on-one fight with this guy determined to take him down. And uh, he basically is prepared. He's prepared to take Bobby out. Uh, but I guess it's, it's safe to say that maybe he just completely underestimates exactly how powerful Bobby is. Um, comes to a very climactic ending, which I thought was really, really great. Um, and yeah, as the X-Men slowly start to come together to make that final push against Orcus, uh, this was a really, really great run. After that is Uncanny Avengers number five, uh, written by Gary Dugan, art by Javier Garon, pencil by Maury Hallowell, letter by Travis Lanham. Uh, this Unity Squad and just the way they're fighting against the evil Captain Krakoa and just teaming up. There's so many great moments in this. There's an, an absolutely insane moment with Rogue and Deadpool that's just just out of, out of control. I absolutely love it. I thought it was really cool and well done. And um, it's got that little bit of Wade humor that I really like, but it's also a serious moment. And just I love these characters. I thought it was really cool. And this is the one I hope we go back to after the event is over, I hope we do keep a unity squad because it's a really good idea. After that is uncanny Spider-Man number five. Uh, really cool. And I think, I think between this and X-Men red, I got faked out pretty good uh, because Kurt gets taken captive. And then at the end of X-Men red, there's Kurt in the tube on the you know moon to Mars. So I'm like, Oh, that's where he went. Ah, they got me though. <laughs> Written by size Furrier. I by Lee Garbett and Simone Bonfantino, colored by Matt Mee and lettered by Joe Caramagna. Uh, we get to see that more came from Kurt reuniting with his mother than we thought. And a plan is enacted. And I really like this. There's so much that happened, much like the Iceman book. There's so much happened in this Nightcrawler book that really developed the character and gave it a chance to breathe and do its own thing. And this is what I would like to see continue. I really, really like this. I would like to see Kurt openly be a solo hero, like street level hero. I think that'd be a really interesting read. And um, yeah, really good. Uh, just uh, what a book. Very, very cool. We're getting close to the end, guys. Wolverine number 40. Uh, this one is kind of, I believe, concluding the world tour that Wolverine has been on with his old allies. Written by Benjamin Percy, art by Ibrahim Mustafa, colored by Frank Darmada, and letter by Corey Petit. It does have a team up with Spider-Man for a while, uh, which then kind of um, goes into the direct threat of Orcus and what's going to happen from there, uh, tying directly into uh, to X-Force. And uh, yeah, really cool. We'll talk about X-Force in a moment. But I've, I've, I've enjoyed this little tour and keeping Wolverine busy while Orcus you know, wreaks havoc. Next up, Immortal X-Men 18. Oh, my God. Written by Kieran Gillen. Art by Juan Jose Rip. Colored by David Curio. Letter by Clayton Cowles. Uh, Kieran Gillen's a madman. Like I've said that like a hundred times, but good God. Um, 
massive reveal in this issue. I'm not talking spoilers though, so I will will say that it's about the the four sinisters, and we knew that one of them achieved dominion. One of them achieved a level of power that none of the others were able to do. And the whole debate has been which one is it? I mean, Josue would talk about it for like ten minutes in the past, being like, "Well, it's not this one. It's not this one. This, 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 this." We get the revelation, and it's it's so good, and it knocked me on my ass. I love it. It's so God. This book is good, and what's it going to mean? I will see. It also ties into Mother Righteous, and what her what her actions have all built up to. It also dives into how her powers work, which I thought was really fascinating. And just so good. I really liked this run. And what's it going to mean for the future? We don't know. We'll see. Final book of the week is X-Force 47. Written by Benjamin Percy. Art by Daniel Picciotto. Colored by Guru FX and letter by Joe Carmagna. This is X-Force reuniting with Logan. And they end up, uh, you know, setting up a location for mutants to meet. And uh, it's obviously not like it doesn't have a big spotlight on it like Krakoa did, but slowly but surely they're going to start gathering some mutants and fight back. And I really like it. Um, we don't really dive too much into the Colossus of it all in this issue, just very briefly, because there's still a lot pending there. So I'm very curious to see what's going to happen. And of course, who rears his ugly head at the end is beast and God, I hate beast. <laughs> just uh, the worst character. Uh, but yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. So we're building up. We're there, guys. Let's take it to the fight to Orcus and let's do the fall of X. I am excited. And that's it. I know it's a lot. There's a lot, a lot this week, but got them done. Those are the issues that we had this week. So make sure to check us out on Twitter. You can find me at WHI Podcast Keith. You can find producer Liz at WHI Podcast Liz. You can find Hostway at Hostway Reads Hostway. You can find the show itself at WHI Podcast on Twitter. That is the best place to keep up with what we do. So you'll get a new uh, post every time a new episode comes up with a link to the episode. You'll have timestamps for each publisher and a list of every book reviewed. So definitely follow us on there. It's the best way to keep up. Make sure to follow our other show, Jukebox Vertigo, at Jukebox Vertigo on Twitter. That is our musical show where we talk about different musical uh, subjects, talk about what songs we'd recommend within those subjects. Sometimes we build playlists. It's very fun. Our most recent episode up is about Christmas music. We we talk about the different Christmas music we like, the history of it and everything. And the next episode that's going to be coming is about the history of boy bands. And I'm very excited about that. So that's our show, Jukebox Vertigo. Follow it on Twitter at Jukebox Vertigo. Also follow Hostway at Hostway Plays Hostway on Twitch when he is available to stream. It's a great place to catch up with him. He has a blast playing video games. And I know he'll be really happy to see everybody on there if he is streaming again. Finally, follow our network at Certain POV. Uh, this is on Twitter at Certain POV Media and online at CertainPOV.com. Uh, check out all the other shows on there. There's so many great shows, one of which you'll see a commercial about at the end of this episode. Um, but definitely follow there and check out the Discord. We have so much fun in the Discord, and uh, it's a great place to meet a lot of really fun, friendly people and just talk about everything nerdy so definitely check them out once again on twitter at certain pov media and at certain pov.com don't forget to bag board and box your new treasures and we'll see you next week of the new batch of beautiful books stay safe and read more comics
Hey. Oh, hey, Jeff. What's going on, guys? Oh, you know, talking about Superman. Oh, cool. I could talk about Superman. I could talk some more about Superman. We know. I'll bet a few people would want to get in on this. I'm down. You know it. That sounds like fun. I'll do it. Cool. Let's do it. We can call the show Men of Steel. And you can find it at certainpov.com. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Yay.